Gonzaga has time to do something. Suggs for the win. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Unbelievable. Classic basketball game. What is up, everyone, and welcome back to a brand new episode of the 3 and D. I'm Paul Lombardi. I'd like to welcome everyone back to the Review and Preview Network for my weekly NBA and college basketball show. Make sure to check us out on all social media platforms and subscribe to our YouTube channel at Review and Preview Sports. It's playoff weeks, playoff week, ladies and gentlemen. At the NBA regular season has officially come to an end, and we're finally in the playoffs. So the play-in is going to kick off this week. We're going to go over some of those games. We'll go over some of the top NBA headlines that have gone on throughout the week. Uh, we'll go over some some interesting news in college basketball, only a few things, and we'll also take a look at the incoming high school class of 2022 because we haven't gone over that yet. So take a look at it, take a quick look at the top 10, uh, some names to be familiar with for next year in college basketball. Look at the play-in, look at the first-round games that are uh, set to begin, and then we'll look at who I think are some contenders and pretenders uh, in uh the nba playoffs this year we got hank and dictor in the comments what's good everybody drop comments if you want to interact get to all of them love to talk nba hoops with you guys but first things first uh college basketball wise doug edder committed to bryant big move um obviously doug edder kind of became uh a household name through the tournament from St. Peter's, nine, average 9.5 points, 2.5 rebounds this season for St. Peter's. Uh, was a junior this year, sharp shooting, uh, sharp shooting three-point guy, guard. He decided to commit to Bryant, who was in the uh, the NEC conference, which is same conference as Sacred Heart University, uh, but they're actually on the move to the American East Conference. They're, uh, I, th- I believe, after next season, I think the I think the uh, 23-24 season they, that that news came out today. They're planning on moving out of the NEC. Um, I don't think it's for this upcoming season, but I could be wrong. There wasn't much information about it. But Doug Edder will have two years left of eligibility. He'll be a senior this upcoming year, uh, and then he'll get that fifth year if he so chooses because of the uh, the COVID college basketball rule that they gave them the other year and. Huge get for Bryant as Peter Kiss, who was another uh, household name because of the tournaments this year, will be leaving for the NBA draft. He had one year extra year of eligibility. He's transferred twice. He 
started at Quinnipiac, then went to start at Rutgers, then went to Quinnipiac, and then went to Bryant and ended up playing four years and had the fifth year option for next year, but decided to forego it. Uh, and he'll be pursuing an NBA career. Don't know if he'll actually be, be getting drafted. I, I really don't think he will be, but it's be interesting. Definitely be interesting to see. Uh, so Doug Eddard is committed to Bryant. He was one of the more interesting guys in the transfer portal. Uh, did this year, there's still a lot of guys out there. A lot of guys, uh, who have declared for the draft. So those are some interesting stuff to look out for. And jump back into the NBA, Lakers fired Frank Vogel. So that's a big, uh, big news of concern. Three years with the Lakers, won the 2020 NBA Finals, obviously, had a 127-98 career record with the team, 18-9 in the playoffs. Uh, this was his third stop in his head coaching career. He coached the Pacers from 2011 to 2016 and was the Magic head coach for also three seasons from 2016 to 2018. Uh, I think one of the most troubling things about this entire situation was how the news broke before he even knew about it. I thought that was really weird. Uh, he was in the post-game press conference for the final game of the season. Obviously, the Lakers were eliminated from the play-in tournament. They're not going to be playing uh, tonight or tomorrow. And they were talking to him, and Woj apparently broke the news that he got fired beforehand. And they asked him did, um, about that. Did he hear about that, he's, uh, that he got fired? And he said that he knew nothing about it, and he's just going to celebrate tonight and deal with it tomorrow and then obviously the Lakers informed him the next day and I that that's just a terrible look for the Lakers I think that's just an awful look that the that kind of news gets leaked out before you know your head coach even finds out about it it's your championship winning head coach too uh for that matter I think I think it was an awful look for the team especially I think the I mean this entire season though was a complete train wreck and this was one heck of a way to end the season too. I mean, everybody had a feeling Frank Vogel was going to be on his way out. You know, he won a championship in his first year as head coach. And then they underperformed last year, losing in the first round. And then they missed the playoffs altogether this year. So they were on a decline. Uh, can you, can you completely chalk all of this up as a failure for Frank Vogel? I don't think so. I think that it's, to be completely honest with you, uh, there's a lot of other parts of this that's, should be to blame, but again, the head coach is always seen as the scapegoat. That's always ends up to be what's happening. Um, they always end up getting the can before anybody else. Uh, the team was poorly put together. Uh, the Russell Westbrook experiment did not go well. So it it is what it is, and the and the head coach is always going to end up getting the brunt of it. So I'm I'm not surprised by it. Not surprised at all. Um, the, so the early guys who have kind of appeared as potential front runners for the job are Jawan Howard, obviously former NBA player and current head coach of Michigan, and Nick Nurse, who is the current head coach for the Toronto Raptors, won the NBA Finals in 2019, are among some of the top names as potential replacements. News just broke today that LeBron apparently uh, would be happy with Mark Jackson as a potential candidate, uh, they've been kind of flirting around Mark Jackson's name for a while. And I, I don't know how much interest he has in returning to head coaching. You know, he, he was 
both of the Knicks head coaching vacancies when they hired Fizdale and when they hired Thibodeau, um, they they were talking about Mark Jackson as potential as a potential candidate for both of for both times, and you know nothing came of it. So I don't know how much he would actually be interested in it, but it'd be interesting to see. And you know, okay, a couple of things, a couple of other things that I think uh, was was you know a bad look on the Lakers' part. Um, LeBron's exit interview, stating that he would have won MVP if not for an injury. I, th- I think that's it's just not a great thing to say in a disaster of a season. Um, you know, he 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 was hurt for for a little bit, but he didn't he didn't miss you know a a huge chunk of the season. He you know he he missed a good amount of time, but. You know, to say that you would have won MVP if it wasn't for injury, I mean, I think that's just, like, it's just kind of arrogant. And it goes back to my rant from a couple of episodes ago. If you go back, uh, what I think about LeBron James and the point that he's at in his career, it's it's more about the personal accolades at this point. And, you know, the the era of him leading a team to winning an NBA championship is probably over. I mean... You know, the injuries are trying to catch up to him. He's obviously still putting up great numbers, but he would need a lot of help. And he had a lot of help this year and still, and, you know, they couldn't, they couldn't really do it. And he's kind of stuck in LA. You know, I, I don't see that Lakers team turning it around at all anytime soon. You know, I, I am not, I'm not convinced that they're going to, that they're going to sell that uh, Westbrook contract, that they're going to get rid of that Westbrook contract. But uh, you, you really never know. You really never know. Uh, the, apparently, the Pacers are interested. Apparently, a few teams are interested. So, it, I think it would be tough to offload it. And you also have to attract the young talent, which I, I'm not too sure they're uh, they're going to be able to do, especially after this season. But Frank Vogel is out after after uh, three years as the head coach of the Los Angeles Lakers. And now we'll take a look at the incoming high school class of 2022. So. The incoming class is pretty looking pretty solid. That we haven't gone over it too much this year uh, about you know what are the big names to look out for, uh, who's committing, who's not committing, all that good stuff. Uh, I think that Derek, it's all topped off by Derek Lively, who's a seven foot one center. He's he's committed to Duke. I'll tell you what the Coach K era, um, the non-Coach K era, post-Coach K era, should say, um, is already starting off with a bang with uh, three of the top 10 recruits all all committing to Duke. They have three of the top five, I should say. They have Derek Lively, who's number one, uh, Derek Whitehead, who's number four, and Kyle Filipowski, who's uh, number five, who are all committed to Duke next year. Derek Lively is the number one Number one player in the class, seven foot one center, uh, you know, can can do a lot. Amari Bailey is number two. He's committed to UCLA. A lot of people, you know, I've seen his, his highlights out of Sierra Canyon. Six uh, four shooting guard, very elusive, very good player. Keontae George, number three, is committed to Baylor. Uh, that was that was one of Baylor's good gets in the top of the class at the beginning of the year. And one th- big thing to note is that there's no real top guys that are committed uh, that are committing to going the G League route next year, 
which I think is very interesting. Now, we've seen the last couple of years, um, obviously, with um, with Jaden Hardy and Marjan Beauchamp this year and last year with Jalen Green. Uh, there is a lot of big-time recruits that were signed to go the G League route. This year, there really isn't that many, and it's interesting to note because a lot of a lot of these G League guys, their draft stocks have plummeted. Jaden Hardy is a tremendous example, guy who was a top ten recruit uh, of this of the twenty twenty one high school class. Decided to go the G League route, didn't have the greatest G League season, and now is probably going to be a late first round pick. Where if he went to college and had a decent college season showed his potential on a big stage, he could pr- probably be a lottery pick. So he pr- he's probably an example of a guy who hurt his draft stock by going the G League route. But again, I I don't – it's neither here nor there whether what, – what they're going to decide to do. Uh, some of these guys, I think it's just very interesting that a lot of these – that a lot of these guys are not going the G League route. They're all committing to college. They're not going the uh, – the overseas route either they're all committing to play play college basketball which is interesting all all the top 10 are all committed to play college basketball Derek Whitehead is number four he's a 6'6 small forward committed to Duke uh Kyle Filipowski is a 6'10 center so him and Derek Lively going to be the two big men next year for Duke to replace uh to replace Mark Williams and Paolo Bancaro which uh I think two pretty solid replacements to two top five freshmen for uh, two guys who are going to be lottery picks in this upcoming NBA draft. Nick Smith is number six recruit shooting guard. He's committed to Arkansas. Dylan Mitchell is the number seven recruit small forward six, seven. He's committed to Texas. Grady Dick is the eighth, eighth in the top 10, six, seven small forward. He's committed to Kansas. So he's Kansas top recruit coming in. Jarris Walker, who's a six-seven power forward, committed to Houston, so he's Houston's top guy. And then Arkansas again with the number ten uh, recruit in the nation, Jordan Walsh, who's a six-seven small forward. Uh, he's committed to Arkansas, and Arkansas has got two guys in the top ten incoming. So if if there has ever been evidence of Eric Musselman really turning this program around, that's. Um, a huge example right there is that they've got two of the top 10 guys in the entire country, the two of the top 10 incoming freshmen in the entire country heading to Arkansas next year in Nick Smith and Jordan Walsh. So I think, I think that's going to be very notable. And the SEC is going to be very interesting next year too, because Auburn's going to lose a bunch of guys. Auburn doesn't have any top 10 recruits coming in. They're still going to bring in decent class. I'm sure that they're going to end up getting some good players in transfer portal, but they're going to lose some guys. Kentucky should be revamped. LSU should be a shell of itself. LSU is probably going to stagger big time. I would I would be shocked if LSU really did anything last next year. They McMahon's got to completely redo that team uh, after after what Will Wade left behind. We got we got Nick in the comments, Casey Walls, and Chris Livingston, two of uh, Kentucky's top recruits. They're a little further down in the top ten, but. It's, once again, two five stars that Kentucky are going to bring in. But uh, anyway, uh, Duke bringing in three recruits in the top five, which I think is very interesting. Amari Bailey going to UCLA, Keontae George going to Baylor, uh, Arkansas bringing in two of the top ten. Very, very, very interesting class. You know, we haven't been over it too much this year, so 
thought we'd sneak that in before we go over the play-in tournament. So now we'll jump right back into the NBA, the play-in preview. So tonight, everything gets tipped off uh, with the Brooklyn Nets and the Cleveland Cavaliers, which is actually going on right now, tonight at 7 o'clock. Um, two, two teams that are 44 and 38 to end the season. Uh, Brooklyn's obviously going to host it since they're the seven seed, but no Ben Simmons or Joe Harris, obviously two guys. Ben Simmons has, has yet to make his debut this season or his Brooklyn and his Brooklyn Nets debut and Joe Harris is out for the season. So not surprised the, for the Cavs, Jared Allen, Dean Wade and Colin Sexton are all out. Dean Wade and Colin Sexton were out for the season. Jared Allen is also hurt, though, and not playing. I think one of the key matchups of tonight's game to watch out for is going to be Kyrie Irving versus Darius Garland. And I'm telling you, this New York mandate uh, getting lifted for vac- vaccinated players to play in New York, it comes up huge because the Nets ended up with the 7th seed and they're hosting the playing game. If they had to play this game without Kyrie Irving, that's that would be a huge loss, huge loss. So Nets versus Cavaliers going on right now. This is going to be the first game. The winner takes on the two seed, which is the Boston Celtics. So, and then the loser will take on the winner of the nine versus 10 game, which will take place tomorrow. Number 10, Charlotte taking on at number nine, Atlanta uh, tomorrow night at seven o'clock. This one's also going down at seven o'clock. Both teams finished 43 and 39. Uh, no Lou Williams or John Collins for this game. Yeah, for on the Atlanta side and no Gordon Hayward on the Charlotte side. Um, so the, this is a, obviously going to be a must-win game. For the, this or must-win two games in a row for both of these teams or else they're eliminated. Uh, the winner of this game advances to play the loser of Nets versus Cavs, and the loser of this game is eliminated. And then the winner of the winner of this game and loser for, of Nets versus Cavs gets the eighth seed. So Greatest outcome that can happen with the Hawks and the Hornets is that uh, one of these teams ends up winning two games and they get an eight seed and they get matched up uh, with the Miami Heat in the first round. But it's the winner of tonight's game, Nets versus Cavaliers, is who's is who's going to play um, the Boston Celtics in the first round as the as the seventh seed, and the loser will take on the winner of this game, which which will go on tomorrow night. And then in the Western Conference, we got the LA Clippers at the Minnesota Timberwolves tomorrow night. Uh or tonight I should say tonight at 9 30 going on after the Eastern Conference game. They got each of the next two nights we got an Eastern Conference game at seven and then a Western Conference game at 9 30. Uh for the Clippers, no Kawhi Leonard, Jason Preston or Jay Scrub. Three obvious ones of guys who have all been out the entire season, basically. Clippers will be without all of those guys. Timberwolves should be fully manned for the game. Uh, Patrick Beverly taking on his old team as a Timberwolf. Uh, I think that that's, that's going to be the biggest storyline of the game. He'll be up against uh, Reggie Jackson guarding him, trying to get into his head. I think I think it's going to be a really interesting one, kind of the team that, you know, he, you can argue he kind of made his name with. You know, he you can also argue the Rockets before that but um the clippers in my opinion were was the biggest team that he made his name and became the patrick beverly that everybody knows about so not not uh pretty pretty interesting matchup to be to be honest i'm excited to see that that's that's going to go down at 9 30 tonight so everybody go check that out and then next game in the west we got the san antonio's number 10 seed 
San Antonio Spurs taking on the number nine seed New Orleans Pelicans uh, goes on tomorrow night at seven o'clock. This is another interesting one. Um, I'm excited. I'm excited for this one. I think that this is going to be uh, this is going to be a really good game. Obviously, this is a nine versus ten. So the winner of Timberwolves versus Clippers takes on the two seed, who which is the Memphis Grizzlies. And the loser of that game will take on the winner of this game to see who gets the eighth seed and inevitably plays the Phoenix Suns in the first round, which is going to be a very difficult match. But obviously, this is a winner-go-home game for the Pelicans and the Spurs. Uh, winner advances to game two of the play-in tournament. Loser is eliminated. And the Pel- on the Pelican side, no Zion Williamson, no Kyra Lewis, who they haven't had for the entire season. And on the Spurs side, no Doug McDermott, who's been out over the past couple of weeks. So very definitely going to be an interesting matchup that I'm pretty excited for. I'm excited to see how that's going to go, Pelicans versus Spurs. Um, so that's going down tomorrow night at 9.30. And then the eight-seed battles will go down Friday, Eastern Conference and the Western Conference eight-seed battles. So Loser of seven versus eight plays winner of nine versus 10 to see who gets the, the eight seed on Friday. Both of those games will be on Friday. So come Saturday, we will have a complete eight team bracket per conference uh, in, in the NBA and the NBA playoffs can officially begin, but it's obviously the playing tournament counts as the playoffs. It's the first step for these teams. So this will be couple of interesting games. I think that's I think the one that I'm most excited for is Cavs versus Nets because I want to see what kind of uh Nets team kind of shows up for this. Uh the Cavaliers are not a team to joke about either. Cavaliers they're probably a year or two away, but you know, I think that they can they can make a little hay, make a little damage too for sure. I I would not be shocked about that. So then a couple of other first round games that are already set in the Eastern Conference. You got the number four seed Philadelphia 76ers will take on the number five seed Toronto Raptors. The Sixers finished 51 and 31 this season. Joel Embiid won the scoring title at 30.6 points a game. Um, one, he's one of the front runners to win MVP this year. A lot of people think it's going to be Nikola Jokic. Embiid's kind of the Jokic to win back to back. Embiid's kind of the second guy. Um, it could really go either way, to be honest with you. I don't. I don't. I think it's very difficult to to predict that. I I really don't know which way it's going to go. But uh, they both had absolutely amazing seasons. So Joe. So Joel Embiid uh, ended up winning the scoring title. He's the anchor for the Philadelphia 76ers. and then the Toronto Raptors, who everybody kind of counted out going into the season, including myself, and. They played. They played fantastic. Siakam, Anunoby, um, Ananobi, I should say. Uh, Fred Van Vliet, Gary Trent. They've all had very solid seasons. They've all um, meshed well together. And Nick Nurse is a tremendous head coach. That's why the Lakers want him so badly. You know, he's got that team playing playing really well together. Uh, and you know, a five seed was very shocking. I think a lot of people were shocked about that one. And then the other one, we got number three, Milwaukee, the reigning champs, taking on number six, Chicago Bulls. Another very interesting game. The Bucks ended up finishing 51-31 this season. Bulls finished 46-36. and 36. 
Uh, the Bulls struggled all season long against some of the top teams in the league. So they were at the top of the East for a period of time in the first month of the season. They were they were sitting at number one and two for a while, and they kind of fell off a little bit. Uh, they had some injuries. You know, they, they've got a good team. They don't have an NBA title contender. Jamal DeRozan had a tremendous season this year. But they they definitely have a playoff team that you know can make a little hay. But I think the Bucks are going to uh, take care of business in this game, in this series, and in the previous series, I think the Sixers are going to take care of business over the Raptors. To be to be completely honest, um, I think that Milwaukee matches up a lot tougher with Chicago. Uh, I I don't really see Chicago doing too much. Uh, be, being able to contain Giannis having good enough defense to uh, stack up against them. I, I I just really don't see it. So that's going to be a very interesting matchup. And then jumping over the West, we got number four seed Dallas Mavericks taking on the number five seed Utah Jazz. Dallas 52 and 30 this season. Jazz 49-33 uh, to end the season. Mavericks kind of went on a big run towards the end of the year. They ended up snagging the four seed in the West. This is going to be a very interesting one, and this is going to be a very telling series too, I think, because not for not necessarily for the Mavs, but for the Jazz. Another first-round exit for the Jazz, and Donovan Mitchell could be out after this year, in my opinion. I think that this is this is kind of a big tester for the Jazz. They 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 could win they could win this series. They probably should win this series especially when you look at the Mavericks team and Luka could possibly be out for the first couple of games of the series too, which would be a huge loss for the Mavericks. Um, they probably should win this series. And if they don't, even though they're technically the lower seed, I, I think that that would, that'd probably be devastating to the jazz. And, you know, it, Donovan Mitchell could end up forcing his way out. And if he does, then you'd have to, um, you'd have to wonder if the team would uh, embrace a full-on rebuild because they just can't, can't get over the edge. They have a good team every single year. They're always right smack in the middle of the Eastern Conference playoff uh, picture, but in the Western Conference playoff picture, but they just can't figure it out, can't get over the edge. And, you know, you just wonder that if if this if another first round exit is really going to spell the end of a lot of it, maybe maybe Quinn Quinn Snyder apparently um, was also in the race for the Lakers job, but he's apparently more interested in staying with the Jazz. I don't know how much, how likely it is for him to leave. I mean, if they if Donovan Mitchell were to force his way out and they were to embrace a rebuild or something like that, I'm sure Snyder probably would try to pursue try to uh, try to leave and and grab a different head coaching job. They probably try to go into a different direction because he's one of the better head coaches in the, in the NBA. But I think that this is going to be a very telling series. I think that uh, the winner of this will also take on most likely the Phoenix Suns, the winner of the Suns versus the eight seeds that'll be determined through the playing tournaments. Uh, the, the Suns will most likely come out of that series. So it's going to be a very, very difficult matchup for whoever wins this series. Obviously, the Suns, I think, are the best all-around. They, you know, they have the best all-around record in the NBA, but I also think I truly believe they're the best all-around team in the NBA. I think I think they're so locked in, especially from losing in the finals last year. They they got a chip on their shoulder. Uh, they're so structurally sound on defense, too, which I think is a huge thing. They got a great veteran presence, got a great star power in Chris Paul and Devin Booker. I think that 
Phoenix is going to be the toughest out in this entire playoffs this year. And obviously one of these teams is going to have to match up with them in the second round on let bar bearing, you know, a potential eight first one upset, which, you know, you can never count out, but I, I don't really see happening. And then the other matchup that's already been determined, number three, golden state will be taken on number six, the Denver nuggets warriors finished 53 and 29 this year. The warriors were, in a stronghold of the one seed for the for a good portion of the season and kind of fell off towards the end a little bit. Steph Curry got hurt. Draymond Green's been in and out of injuries. Klay Thompson is easing his way back after missing two seasons due to injuries. So it's not much of a surprise that uh, the Warriors kind of struggled a little bit. I mean, even finishing 53 and 29 was high, so much higher than most people expected it, it was going to go. So the Warriors, so the Warriors on that hand uh, ended up finishing in the three seed and the Nuggets finished 48 and 34. The Nuggets also spent basically the entire season without Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr., which I think was a very, uh, which was very huge blows that I actually predicted that the Nuggets were a potential under 500 team this year. And uh, because because of the amount of injuries that they had, knowing that Murray and Porter would probably miss the entire seasons, uh, I knew that they, those were going to be two huge losses. And um, just Jokic, Gordon, Barton, I wasn't sure if they're going to be able to handle the load. And they still end up winning forty eight games. So credit to them. Um, it's it's going to be interesting to see who's healthy in this series. Uh, Porter and Murray are pretty much done for the season. The Nuggets have said they're they're not going to return this year. I mean, Murray uh, towards ACL at the end of last season, and Michael Porter Jr. has got those lingering injuries. I'm not sure. I can't remember what it is this year. If it's, it's still his back injuries that he always has, or if it's a different one. But it's, I think they're both ruled out for basically the entire season. So if the Nuggets ever make any bit of a run, potential two-time MVP. Uh, Nikola Jokic is going to have to put the team on his back, which he's been doing all season, having another ridiculous year, end up my my winning MVP. I think that one of the big things that could hurt him is the Nuggets being a six seed, even though um, you know it shouldn't hurt him that much, but it could end up hurting him a bit, especially with Embiid on the Sixers and the Sixers. Yeah, Sixers ended up being the four seed, so I mean they weren't a ton better. But it's, um, I think that the Nuggets, I, I think that it, I think that's going to be a toss-up. But the Warriors versus Nuggets is going to be an interesting matchup. I'm going to go with the Warriors in the end, even if they're a little decimated with injuries. I'm not sure. Um, Steph Curry's health is a big question. Draymond Green's health is a big question. And you know, if those two guys are not at full strength, the Warriors probably don't make too much of a run uh, in this year's playoffs because. Those are, those are two of the two of the biggest backbones on the team. The arguably the two biggest backbones of the team, and with Clay being the kind of the uh, third. So, you know, I think this will be an interesting matchup. But it's two teams that are decimated with injuries. Um, it'll be definitely be interesting to see. I think I think both of those are are pretty solid. And then obviously the Suns are the one seed. They'll be taking on the eight seed. And then the Grizzlies are the two seed. So they're going to be taking on the winner of tonight's game, Minnesota versus the LA Clippers. Winner of that game gets the seven seed and we'll meet up with the Memphis Grizzlies in the first round. Um, and, and then jumping over to our next set, our next segment, contenders or pretenders. So, 
this will be the fi final segment of the night before we jump off, let you guys enjoy the playing games and the playing tournament that's that's going on and all the rest of the basketball that's going down this week. Uh, we'll go through a few teams, give you my idea on if they're contenders or if they're pretenders. First off, the Golden State Warriors. We kind of just went through that. Um, if they're not fully healthy, I'd say pretenders. Uh, I don't see them doing too much this year, and I don't think they're going to be fully healthy. It seems like Steph Curry is going to be hurt for a little bit. Draymond Green is going to be hurt for a portion. Um, even if they play, they're not going to be at full strength. Clay Thompson is still not the Clay Thompson of three years ago. He he's got to get a full season under his belt before he can even return to uh, the old Clay Thompson. But it's, you know, I'm going to say Warriors are pretenders. Can they win? Can they beat the Nuggets in the first round? Absolutely. Would they be able to beat the Grizzlies or the seven seed in the second round? Possibly, but it's um, and make it to the Western Conference Finals. But could they beat the Suns in the Western Conference Finals? I'm not too sure. That that makes that brings us to the next team is the Phoenix Suns. Um, to me, they're contenders. I think that Phoenix Suns are the best all-around team in the league. Uh, I think that's I think the two teams that met up in the championship last year, Suns versus Bucks, those are still the two best teams in the NBA, in my opinion. Um, I think the Suns are the best, though, and I think the Bucks are the second best. Uh, I think the Suns are huge contenders. They have definitely, I definitely expect them to come out of the West. Um, I think that the Grizzlies had a tremendous season and their young star power is really good and they're going to be good for years to come and compete for championships for years to come. But I'm not, I'm not too sure that this is going to be their year. They might be able to make it to a Western Conference final. You never know, but it's, if the Warriors had full strength, that would be a tough matchup in the second round Warriors versus Grizzlies. Uh, I and I, I think that the, I think the Suns all around have the most star power, and it, it would it would be shocking to me if the Suns don't come out of the West this year. That uh, not necessarily saying that they that I think they're going to easily win the championship. I think that they should make it out of the West, though. If you look at the field, uh, you know a lot of teams have a lot of have a bunch of question marks. The Suns don't have very many question marks. If they're fully healthy. I really I don't see anybody beating them. So I Suns are easily contenders. Then the Brooklyn Nets, um, to me they're contenders, just because if Kyrie and KD are fully healthy, you can never count them out. Two absolutely magnificent players. Uh, they got to win the playing tournament, obviously. And then if if they win tonight and get the seven seed, then they'll be matched up against the Boston Celtics in the first round, and that would be a crazy matchup if Kyrie takes on the Celtics. Uh, in the playoffs because of how much they hate him out there. And the Celtics have also uh, been very, very interesting team this year. Uh, the, in my, in my opinion, they're, they're pretenders just because uh, the, the Robert Williams injury was huge and their entire team really, <clears throat> really goes through Jason Tatum. Like Jason Tatum is the heart and soul of the team. If he's not on one night, it's going to be very difficult for the Celtics to compete in the NBA in the NBA playoffs. Um, they might be able to win a series, you know, if they take on if they if they take on the Nets in the first round, that might be very tough. And if Ben Simmons is able to return, I, I think that the Nets can make a strong push to the NBA championship. Um, I, it's it all depends because I think that Ben Simmons could be a perfect addition. It's it pains me to say that because I'll be rooting hard against the Nets tonight. 
Uh, I'll be rooting for Cleveland, obviously, as a Knicks fan, but uh, I'm going to have to say that the Nets are contenders because you can never count out KD and Kyrie. Dallas Mavericks, uh, I would say pretenders just because the, their their team mostly goes through Luka. Uh, Spencer Dinwiddie provides they, – they have some good secondary scores in Spencer Dinwiddie and Tim Hardaway Jr. and a few other guys. Davis Bertans has been pretty decent, but – their, their team pretty much goes through Luka, and um, I think they had a tremendous season, but there's a lot of questions if, uh, if about Luka's health, especially in the first round of the playoffs, if he's going to end up missing a couple of games. <clears throat> and they have a tough matchup against the Jazz in the first round. Um, the Jazz are looking to be fully healthy, and they got their big three there with Mitchell, Gobert, and, and Conley. So I, I, I don't think it'll be an easy ride for the Mavericks. So I'm going to say they're pretenders. Miami Heat, um, they're, the, they're the one team that is kind of getting slept on, even though they're the one seed in the Eastern Conference. Uh, the, they're obviously it's to be determined who they're going to be playing in the first round. But the Miami Heat, to me, are pretenders just because um, I, I don't see – they don't have a – true number one go-to scorer. Jimmy Butler's a tremendous player, great defensive player, but uh, he's not a knockdown shooter. He is questionable to get you a bucket in crunch time if he, if need be. Tyler Hero is kind of becoming that player, but again, now only in his third season, uh, he, he had an extremely underrated year this year, but the Heat just, when it comes to the playoffs, they have, there's a lot of questions for me. They're, I think they they should easily make it out of the first round unless the Nets end up losing tonight and then winning the next game and then the Nets end up getting the eighth seed and it's Heat versus Nets in the first round of the playoffs. Then it might be a little bit more interesting um, as a one versus eight. But um, if the Heat if the Heat end up t- taking on the Cavs or um, or the Hawks or the Hornets, they they could probably handle any of those teams in the first round, and then they would they would match up with either the Sixers or the Raptors, most likely the Sixers, in my opinion. And the Sixers Sixers probably outmatch them, so I think the Heat would go under the pretenders category. Uh, the Philadelphia 76ers, to me, they're pretenders, just because um, they they don't completely impress me outside of James Harden and Joel Embiid. I think obviously those two guys are great players, but um, you know, I, I'm not extremely impressed by the depth of the team. I, I don't know if, you know, a star power of Harden and Embiid is, is really going to carry over. And also a lot of people, and also Harden's kind of taken a backseat to Embiid since getting traded to the Sixers and Harden has not been, the same James Harden we've saw in Houston and in Brooklyn uh, since getting traded to the Sixers. So that makes you question a few things. That makes things a little, like very interesting. Uh, Tyrese Maxey, obviously, uh, young star player. So that'll be a, that'll be an interesting matchup. Uh, Matisse Thibel is a tremendous defender, although he won't be able to play in the games that are in Toronto because of vaccine restrictions. Uh, You can't travel to Canada if you're not vaccinated. And the news just broke recently that Matisse Thibault is not vaccinated, so he won't be able to play in their away games, which I think is a pretty big loss. I still think they'll be able to handle the Raptors in the first round. Um, And I think they could probably handle the Miami Heat in the second round. 
if the Nets were to get the eighth seed and beat the Heat, Nets versus Sixers in the second round could be a very interesting matchup. But I could definitely, I think they're pretenders, but I could see them making it to the Eastern Conference Finals. This is a contenders and pretenders as far as NBA champions go. I think the Sixers could, I could easily see the Sixers make it to the, uh, to the Eastern Conference Finals. I, I'm not too convinced that they that they would make it uh, to the NBA Finals because I I think the Bucks are a better team. Uh, that brings up the Bucks as the next team. I think that they're contenders. I think just like I said before, I think they're the second best team in the NBA behind the Phoenix Suns. They're still structurally sound. Uh, Giannis is the great the best player in the NBA right now. I've been saying that the past three seasons and. It's and I'm still going to keep saying it. He's the best player in the NBA. It's it's that simple, and they're legitimate. They're my favorites to come out of the East again. I think I personally think it's very likely you see a rematch of Suns versus Bucks in the NBA Finals this year. I think they're the two best teams, but I don't I don't necessarily know if it's going to happen. NBA NBA playoffs can go any which way, and the East does have a lot of contenders. There are a lot of a lot of interesting teams that. You know, it could make a little hay, could make a little damage um, throughout the playoffs. A lot of teams that are kind of slept on, so being definitely be very interesting to see. And then the last team for contenders and pretenders, we got the Memphis Grizzlies. So the Grizzlies, to me, are pretenders when it comes to an NBA fun, NBA championship team <coughs> this year, but. They're definitely contenders, and they're going to be contenders for years to come. They're going to be one of the better teams in the West for the next several years, and they have a legitimate shot of winning an NBA title in the next several years, in my opinion. I think that they have a tremendous team. They're well-coached. John Morant is a stud. But as far as the NBA Finals this year, I I just don't see it happening. I think that they're too young, a little inexperienced, um, some some injury concerns too with with John Morant and – some of the rest of the team. So I think that it'll be interesting to see who they match up with in the seventh seed, either the Timberwolves or the Clippers. To be honest with you, Timberwolves and Clippers could keep up with either one of those teams could keep up with the, uh, with the Grizzlies. I think that the Clippers could be a sneaky team, even without Kawhi. I think since Paul George came back, the Clippers have looked pretty dangerous and Reggie Jackson has had a tremendous year kind of taking the load on, for himself um, being the go-to scorer with uh, Kawhi and Paul George out for the majority of the season. But the Grizzlies are pretenders for this year. Things will definitely change in the future, but I I don't see them making it to the NBA Finals. I don't see them making it out of the West this year, and, and I definitely don't see them winning the NBA Finals this year, but obviously I could be wrong. So that's going to wrap it up for tonight's episode. I want to thank everyone who tuned into the Review and Preview Network for to watch another episode of the 3ND and to all those listening via podcast, YouTube, etc. You can also follow the show on Twitter at the 3ND. We'll be live tweeting all of the important stuff that's going down in college basketball, in the NBA, especially with the playoffs going on. So you're definitely going to want to stay tuned and check that out. Hope everyone enjoys the rest of their week. Watch some NBA playoffs. We're seeing NBA playoffs start this week. Um, this weekend, the NBA playing starts tonight going on right now. Uh, so everybody go check that out. Stay tuned for more updates and brand new episodes coming every Tuesday night at seven o'clock here on the review and preview network. Have a great night, everyone.